0: Break, I think it was, but we are back. 22nd episode. Back um, with a bang. We're also uh, going to be getting out our top 25 uh, all time NFL players out yep. in the next couple mm-hmm. of days. Um, there has been a nice collection of news, uh, so we're going to have some good topics for you guys today. So we're just going to get it started. Uh, mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving is basically taking on the entire NBA. <laughs> um, Drew, the, Kyrie's your guy, so how about you get a start yeah. us started with this?
1: Kyrie, it's ridiculous. He he's <laughs> trying to make this a whole thing about activism. He's saying that the uh, there are things greater than the game of basketball. I think if Kyrie was a contender, he would not be saying things like this. I think he's just kind it's of salty right now. True. And although there are a lot of things more important than basketball and stuff like that, he is a, at the end of the day a professional basketball player. He's not a professional activist. He's not organizing <laughs> Black Lives Matter <laughs> rallies or anything like that. And I think that Kyrie just needs to. I know this was famously panned, but he needs to shut up and dribble. (laughs) Okay,
0: uh, yeah, my thing with Kyrie is, like, I've been noticing this trend among NBA players. So, every time they leave LeBron James' life, they just start going downhill. (laughs) You saw that with the entire Cavs roster. You saw that with J.R. Smith. You saw that with Kevin Love. And you're seeing it now with Kyrie Irving. Not only does he slow down the Celtics, you fire the next coach. Ruins the chemistry. He sits out the yeah. season with an injury that should have no way no how taken this long. And <laughs> we see a leaked message that he wants to start his own league. So yeah. Um, from what, what are you what gonna I'm do? Seeing Uncle with Kyrie here is becoming a hybrid of an NBA version of a Levar ball and Antonio Brown. So Antonio
1: Brown, <laughs> that's a great comparison. That's a he great is comparison. He's basically
0: saying he does not want to do his job because mm-hmm. of racism. And uh, I don't know about Kyrie, but I think racism has been a thing basically Kyrie Irving's entire career. And he's just wanting to do things about it now. I mean, I know Mm -hmm. two things can be true. And uh, as you guys know, I'm one of the biggest pro player guys in sports media. But this guy's just getting harder (laughs) and harder to defend. So I really don't know what we're going to have to do about Kyrie. Uh,
2: I mean, I agree with both of you guys. He's just getting ridiculous. I get where he's coming from. I like what he's standing for, but he's just talking nonsense. I don't see how canceling the season really correlates to fighting for racial injustice.
1: Yeah. It just feels like he's trying to be
2: a social justice warrior. Yeah. He knows he's not going to be playing, so now it's time to say something. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, I don't think he's Antonio Brown level just yet, but he honestly Yeah, could he's not insane. Fit. But, um, yeah, he's just talking nonsense.
0: Yeah, this guy used to be one of my favorite players when he was uh, busting yeah. Curry up in the finals every single year. But we're yeah, going to move on to – some NFL. Dalvin Cook is threatened to hold out if he doesn't get uh, Ezekiel Elliott money. Jad, uh, what do you think about this?
2: Look, I think Dalvin Cook is a very good player. But he's proven to be a little injury prone his first two years. They were a little hectic, but he had a very productive year last year. That being said, I don't even think Zeke deserves Zeke money. I don't think Dalvin <laughs> Cook is the best running back in the league. Probably top five. But I don't think he should hold out. It could turn into another Melvin Gordon situation where he's just unsuccessful and only hurting himself in this situation. I think Mm -hmm. he needs to prove himself a little bit more before he's demanding this type of money.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I have to agree with you too, Jed. (laughs) Uh, I think that holdouts in the NFL, or in sports in general, but particularly in the NFL, are just pretty useless. I mean, we saw the whole Le'Veon-Dale fiasco where that didn't lead to anything. Le'Veon just slowed down his production as a player. Mm -hmm. We saw Melvin Gordon just limiting the production of his team and himself at the same time by not starting, leading to Austin Eckler and him having to split carries, where if he didn't hold out, then he would have been able to just be the number one back on the team. But I think that Dalvin Cook, like Jed said, I don't think Dalvin Cook or Zeke deserve Zeke money. Mm -hmm. I think that Zeke is a little bit overpaid, especially for being such an injury-prone player. And I think that Dalvin Cook definitely (laughs) doesn't deserve that type of money. And he shouldn't hold out and limit the team's success because of his own selfish desires.
0: All right, for me, Dalvin Cook Needs to get a contract. He's a top five back for me. My running backs: um, Christian McCaffrey one, Saquon two, Dalvin Cook three, Zeke four, and then Nick Chubb five. This guy uh, absolutely deserves a contract. But if we're gonna base it off of what the market is going for right now, you know, Zeke has 15 million a year. Christian McCaffrey gets 16. I'm fine with McCaffrey. Zeke, like I agree, he was overpaid. I'm giving him thirteen point five to fourteen point five a year. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't think the Vikings are gonna do this. I mean, they weren't able to re sign uh, Stefan Diggs, lost him to the Bills. Uh they have a tremendously uh sized contract with Kirk Cousins, lost key pieces of the defense. Mm-hmm. I did some more research on this. So the Vikings <laughs> have been a playoff contender. Um you know, they've got a nice offense, one of the best skill positions in the entire league. Of the top 15 highest paid running backs in the NFL, ranging from Giovanni Bernard, making $4.5 <laughs> 4. to Christian McCaffrey at sixteen, The mm-hmm. only one whose team made the playoffs was Duke Johnson at the Texans. <laughs> and this is just wow. showing uh, paying running backs is not equating to playoff success. <laughs> yeah. You could make that exception with the Cowboys. You know, they barely missed the playoffs. But other than that, all of these teams have been absolutely horrible. You know, you've got the Giants with Saquon, Panthers of McCaffrey. Um, but it's going to be a bad situation here because Dalvin Cook definitely needs some money, and I don't think the Vikings are going to give it to him.
1: Yeah, so moving on to our next segment here, Kyle Shanahan actually just re-signed with the 49ers up until the 2025 season. What do you guys think about this? Um,
2: I think he's a great coach. Uh, he's had a history of choking in Super Bowls. But uh, he definitely (laughs) deserves this. I like this move by the Niners. I think they'll continue to have
0: success as long as he's
2: there and he can Mm -hmm. continue to develop Jimmy Garoppolo.
0: Yeah, I have to agree here. I'm pretty fine with this contract. I mean, good coaches seem to be coming more and more of a rarity. If you Mm -hmm. can get to a Super Bowl only throwing eight passing attempts, you got to give this man (laughs) some money. Uh, I don't think he's a top three coach, but I definitely would be giving him a contract extension as well if I was a 49ers.
1: Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. This is a good move for the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan has demonstrated that he's a good coach. He's the coach of the future for this 49ers team. I mean, he kind of helped develop that very run-heavy offense that we see the Niners implement, and it was very successful last season. But I think that while the system may not work as well in the coming seasons as teams start to figure them out more, it's still a very dominant team nonetheless, and Kyle Shanahan is the good person to get it done for the Niners.
2: Uh, all right, so I have a question for you guys. Um, if you were an NBA player, <laughs> how would you feel about the Orlando uh, playoff picture and all this odd, like, way of going about it? And this I, odd for pandemic? me,
0: as a basketball player myself,
2: pro player I guy, would,
0: <laughs> per, pro player basketball player, I would personally be fine with this. I think they honestly have a pretty good setup. Um, mm-hmm. they do seem to have some limited freedom in like a one-world government type of deal with uh, uh-huh. this band that you're supposed to wear. And if you come within six feet of a person for more than five seconds, it's going to ring. <laughs> and uh, I'm not sure how that's going to work. We've never seen that type of technology before. But um, mm-hmm. if that's what we got to do to get the NBA started, I'm fine. Um, They have yeah. lots of activities they're going to do. They're going to mm-hmm. be able to do. I think that's going to be reserved for teams more like the Portland Trailblazers, like the eight seeds. I don't yeah. think LeBron James is going <laughs> to be letting his team. They're going to be upsteading away. All the top teams, I don't really see them doing this. Um, It's basically Mm -hmm. just the playoffs. You know, they've got eight regular season Mm -hmm. games. Mm -hmm. Not too much seed disputes going on except for the Western Conference at the eight seed. So Mm -hmm. I'm pretty fine with this setup for
1: the NBA. Yeah, I think that Commissioner Adam Silver is handling everything very well given the situation. I think that he's managing everything to the best of his abilities. And I think that the whole setup they have at Orlando is actually a good move. I think if I were an NBA player, I'd be very grateful to get back to the season. Although I think it would be a little bit weird playing without fans, having all these new uh, social distancing rules enforced. But I mean, that's kind of the new normal for all of us. So I think that I would be Mm -hmm. able to get used to it. And I think that most NBA players are going to be fine with the setup. Um, I'm genuinely proud of the NBA
2: for uh, Mm -hmm. finding a way to continue the season. You look at what's happening with Major League Baseball. There's mm-hmm. countless proposals that they're just rejecting. Yeah. And they, they really, they're in jeopardy of losing their season. Whereas the NBA found a, I mean, I, I don't want to say perfect way, but they found a yeah. way to continue the season. And mm-hmm. if I was an NBA player, I'd be satisfied with it. I'd be happy that I'm mm-hmm. getting a chance. This could be the last chance for some of these players. Uh, mm-hmm. LeBron's getting older. The Bucks, if you don't make a deep run, Giannis might be gone. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure most of them are happy
0: they're resuming, even if it
2: is in odd fashion.
0: Yeah, another thing, too, that's interesting. I don't know if you guys saw but there's something going to be hotline. Uh, yeah. Paddle tail
1: for me. social line. Distancing. <laughs> Who's going to um, do that?
0: might be the same Nets guy who leaked out Kyrie. You know, <laughs> we'll just have to see if that happens. Angela Russell. Hard, serious <laughs> news. Uh, the coronavirus has struck a home in Texas. Uh, several Dallas Cowboys players, including Ezekiel Elliott, um, have gotten the coronavirus. What is your guys' reaction to this?
2: Um, I think it's terrible he got corona, you know, prayers mm-hmm. up. But it seems like it's not affecting him, like, as serious as, like, it could have. Yeah. Uh, he should be fine. I don't think we should make a huge deal out of this, but yeah. I hope everyone stays safe. And uh, yeah. also a bunch of Niners players, they got corona. All these oh, college yeah, football tough. teams, they're all getting corona. But mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. It, it's a crazy situation. I still hope we'll have an NFL and college football season. But mm-hmm. uh, we'll wait and find out.
1: Yeah, I mean, you don't want to see someone get the coronavirus, so it is kind of saddening to see people in the pro sports world getting it. But at the same time, it's it's not too bad. You're actually uh, – it's, it's good that they're in the shape that they're in where they can fight off the virus pretty easily. They have great immune systems. They're very athletic, of, of course. So getting over the virus will be easy for these players, especially Ezekiel Elliott. But I think this is another cause for concern just because of how injury-prone he is. I mean, it's not exactly something you want your star player to be getting. But, I mean, it, at the end of the day, it's not that big a deal.
0: Yeah, obviously, you know, with some speedy recovery. But it does seem like it's not affecting these athletes as much. Um, I don't know. I think the NFL season is uh, in high danger right now. You know, I saw um, this article saying Fauci is going to oh said that there has to be some sort of similar setup with the NBA if the NFL season's going to go on. Really not yeah. sure how that's going to go. Fantasy football is going to be absolutely lethal this year. Um, I can easily see my top three picks going down with coronavirus. But uh, we're going to transition now into some MMA. Conor McGregor has retired for, I think, the third time in his career. Drew, what do you think about this?
1: Uh, I mean, I've only recently, maybe like last two or three months, started getting into the UFC, MMA, and stuff like that. Um, but Conor McGregor is the guy that really has made the UFC and MMA into what it is today. Without Conor McGregor, MMA would be unknown. We wouldn't have the fight of the century with Floyd McG- Floyd Mayweather. We wouldn't have all this drama that Conor stores up. And whether you like him or not, you have to admit that Conor McGregor is the driving force behind the success of the UFC. Yeah. Him and the... uh the great management from Dana White really makes this makes the Ultimate Fighting Championship such a great league. It's very well managed. I mean, Dana White's literally gonna rent an island for his <laughs> MMA players to go. He had the weigh-ins with the coronavirus, all the social distance coronavirus stuff uh, in place. Uh, so Dana White, he's a he's a good guy, but I think that Connor is the real marketing genius behind all this stuff. He's getting paid for what he's doing, and I feel like. This time, I can see this retirement being legitimate, but given the fact that Conor's only 31, I I can really see him coming out of retirement yeah. and fighting a couple more fights. I don't think that Cerrone was his last victim. I think that Conor can maybe claim some more people and retire as one of the best strikers in MMA history, so it's sad to see someone go.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with Drew here. Um, I'm not a big MMA guy, but McGregor is the type of guy to pull this type of media <laughs> stunt, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he, like Drew said, he's definitely still got some years left of him, only 31. And mm-hmm. the MMA, if this is true, it is, he is their main guy. You know, he's basically the LeBron James of the MMA. He's their main guy. Uh, that's mm-hmm. really the bottom line here. Uh, I could see this being his big retirement. You know, he had like the mom yeah. family thing. But uh, we'll <laughs> see where this goes with Connor.
2: Yeah, I'm going to start calling him Connor lot. I mean, it's just, it doesn't <laughs> seem like it's uh, legit yeah. this time or any yeah. other time, but... If, if it was, he was one hell of a fighter, and I'm not really into this type of stuff, but there's no doubt he's really entertaining and funny, and yeah. I mean, he gets people who doesn't, who don't usually watch, uh, US yeah. and yeah. all that, to watch it, like, I even watched a couple of his fights, and I yeah. I never watched any other fights, so uh, it, it'd be crazy if he actually retired this young.
1: Yeah, and adding on to what uh, Jad was saying about how it seems a little bit faked, I mean, Dylan, you of course said that too, but connor like he posted on his instagram like a picture of a cake saying like happy retirement daddy with like the caption like <laughs> a heart yeah i don't know it, it just seems really fishy he didn't have any like long speech to the sport that yeah he's been calling yeah. his bread and butter he just said oh uh i've been talking over it with my management and i feel like i want to retire another thing i want to add on here floyd mayweather <laughs> clapped back saying like connor was like a wuss and like how he's retiring so soon. Like, Floyd, can you literally shut up and learn how to read, bud? Your management team had to type that out for you because you don't know how to spell the word cat. I mean, Floyd should just shut up because Floyd, I mean, he's a great defensive fighter, but he shouldn't be talking about that. When Conor McGregor went 10 rounds with him and almost beat him, and if Floyd stepped in the octagon, uh, McGregor would rip him limb from limb. He wouldn't be able to see. So Floyd should just shut up, and I really hope that uh, Conor can come back.
0: All right, next up, we're going to be moving into our rank. We haven't had one in a couple of episodes here. Uh, mm-hmm. Top five wide receivers of all time. This has been a highly anticipated segment. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ditch it over to Little J. Start us out with his number five.
2: <laughs> all right, so number five, I got Terrell Owens, T.O. Mm-hmm. um, You know, I would have him hide on the list. He had a great career, but he was just such a diva, such a drama queen. But, I mean, that, putting that aside – he was a great receiver. He was mm-hmm. – uh, as Dylan said when we were talking a, a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. he was like a less athletic Calvin Johnson. I believe that's what you said. Yeah, and sure. uh, I, I completely agree. Uh, he was a nightmare for opposing defenses, and I have him at my number five.
0: Uh, my number five, I don't know if you guys made your list, but he's one of my favorite wide receivers. That's going to be Larry Legend, Larry Fitzgerald.
1: <laughs> I love um, that guy.
0: This guy is the absolute definition of consistency. Um, he's probably uh has like the insane streak for catches in like every single game he's had to catch like his last like sixty-five games or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one of the most dur- durable players in NFL history. He's number yeah. two ranked in receiving yards and top mm-hmm. ten in catches and touchdowns. Well mm-hmm. delivering of a number five spot for me. Yeah,
1: my number five. I also have Larry, legendary Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a great, great wide receiver. Mm-hmm. He can run the routes. We've seen how he can catch the ball, and his longevity is what makes him such a great player. Uh, Mm -hmm. 11-time Pro Bowler, one-time All-Pro. He actually won the 2016 Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, which is not something that you see a lot of players winning. So it's nice to see that he also gives back to the community. One of the nicest guys in football, and Mm -hmm. uh, definitely one of the best of all time. All right, so uh,
2: my number four, I actually have Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, You know, he's the definition of consistency. He's so loyal. He doesn't care who his quarterback is. He'll go out there. And the -hmm. the one – you guys have brought up all the stats. But the one crazy stat is that he has more tackles than drops in his career. And I don't (laughs) think that will ever happen again. I mean, all his quarterbacks throw interceptions. He's hustling. He's making the tackles. But he never drops the ball. Got one of the best hands of all time. You know, I could relate. And uh, Uh he's my number four receiver
0: all right, yeah, for me, uh, T.O. didn't make my list. So, for me, what it came down to, um, me and Skip Bayless, we share this in common. We call oh, T.O. Team Obliterator um, oh. instead of Terrell Owens. <laughs> uh, for me, you know, less athletic Calvin Johnson. He doesn't have the route running that Larry Fitz and uh, my number four spot have. And if yeah. he, his, mm-hmm. I don't know how he would survive. In an NFL where the cornerbacks are like at just as big, just as physical with him, I want to see him go head to head with Jalen Ramsey. I want to see okay. him go head to head with Patrick Peterson. But mm. anyway, I'm gonna move on to my number four here. That's gonna be Chris Carter. Um, for mm. Oh, this, oh good, good this guy's total body coordination, you know, mind-body connection for this guy is probably the best uh in wide receiver history the way this guy can get his feet in bounds I watched some highlights um you know possession catch in Madden this guy's the definition of possession catch <laughs> I mean all around wide receiver um probably the best all-around wide receiver on this list except for my number one spot
1: he's got great
0: hands uh you can mosh people in a one-on-one and uh eight time all pro
1: Chris Carter my number four at my number four spot I have team obliterator or as <laughs> everyone else calls him Terrell Owens I mean, yeah, he is a bit of a diva, but the guy could put up stats. I mean, he's a a six-time Pro Bowler, a Hall of Famer, has 153 touchdowns and uh, uh, 15,934 yards. He's a good uh, wide receiver who can run routes very well. And I think he's a very athletic guy. Like Dylan said, I don't know if he would hold up in today's NFL, but I think that he's a very good player. And I think he deserves the number four spot on my list.
2: All right, at number three, this is where the controversy comes in.
1: Um, I got Randy Moss. and okay. I'm going
2: to explain myself when I say my number two receiver, but okay. right now I'm going to talk good things about Randy Moss. I mean, super fast, super tall, super big, great deep yeah. threat. I mean, you literally have the people say, I Mossed you. You know, it was after <laughs> his name. Yeah, uh, He was obviously one of the greatest receivers of all time, but I'll explain yeah. myself when my number two spoke.
0: All right, uh, my number three is going to be uh, later discussed. It's going to be Calvin Johnson. You know, he's got the whole oh, longevity okay. argument with this guy. This guy's one of my favorite players of all time. Um, mm-hmm. Talent-wise, he can easily be the best in NFL yeah. history. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm going to give some shots to Drew here. You don't get points for winning eight titles in an eight-man team league like you guys gave Bill Russell in our top 25 um, NBA players. Oh,
1: good lord! So I'm not
0: going to subtract <laughs> Calvin Johnson on the top five list for not having a super bowl or anything mm-hmm. like that one. He's not the one mm-hmm. that's supposed to build a team around him. He's playing yeah. a dependent mm-hmm. position at, at called the wide receiver. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. he's been, he's one of the biggest he's, no, he is the biggest athletic phenom <laughs> at the wide receiver wide receiver position. The mm-hmm. speed and quickness at this guy's height is absolutely unheard of. And you want mm-hmm. to talk about longevity, this longevity, that. This guy has yeah. the record for the most receiving yards in a single season by almost 100 yards, which mm-hmm, can yeah. show this t- type of level of talent. Um, mm-hmm. if It's fourth and goal at the one-yard line, and I'm throwing one back shoulder fade for my life. I'm throwing mm-hmm. it to Calvin Johnson. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, I can definitely understand the argument there, and I do respect it. It's just that the the whole thing you're saying about longevity, I just don't think – I think if Calvin Johnson could maybe have extended his career a little bit more, I would have put it on this list for sure. He's a very talented Ooh. wide receiver. But at my number three, I also have Randy Moss, uh, the freak himself. Randy Moss, he's a physical specimen. He's a great receiver. We've seen his highlights on the Vikings, the Patriots, all these different teams. Mm -hmm. He has 156 touchdowns and 15,292 yards. He's a Hall of Famer and a six-time Pro Bowler. Uh, He didn't win an Mm -hmm. NFL ring, but I don't think that should be subtracted. Uh, when you're talking about his career. And I think he's an absolutely great wide receiver. He's one of the wide receivers on this list that I think would definitely hold up in today's NFL. All
2: right. So at number two, I can't believe this didn't make Drew's list. I got Calvin Johnson. Mm-hmm. Look, I know Randy Moss is a guy all hype beast eight year olds love. Um, <laughs> because, I, you know, they say yeah. I'm Moss, you know, that. But I think yeah. it's about, and I think it's a valid point that Calvin Johnson didn't play long enough. Mm-hmm. But let me do a quick comparison speed, you got to give it to Moss. Strength, yep. Megatron, there's a reason you call him Megatron. Okay, I Route running, Calvin. Uh, deep threat, both great. I might give the slight edge to Randy Moss. So that's mm-hmm. pretty equal.
0: Uh, no, no, uh, deep threat is definitely Randy. Uh, Randy's deep route running isn't as good, but I think... It is pretty equal, but yeah, I guess I'd give, okay. it, to, I'd, I'd, I still give it to Randy. It's uh, mm-hmm.
2: So I get it. Career is a big factor. Ultimately, Moss had a better career due to playing longer.
1: Run but, after
0: mm-hmm. catch, I'm also going Randy, so...
2: Really? I got Calvin with run after catch. He's ability to break tackle.
1: But I mean, anyways, he's he's, faster, no, Randy's, faster, Randy's faster. Yeah, Randy's definitely that's, faster. That's true.
2: But Moss's quarterback, his greatest season, was with the greatest quarterback of all time. Johnson mm-hmm, had to yeah. stick with the corrupt line system his whole career, <laughs> which literally okay, forced him to retire. Matthew and
0: Stafford was a pretty solid quarterback. Like Is he Tom
2: Brady, though? And yeah, He
0: had Tom Brady for like a couple
2: seasons. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. when, uh, uh, and that's when he played his best. And when... Mm-hmm. Um, when Randy Moss went to Oakland, they were the, like the worst team in the league. They were 2-14. and 14. And right. Moss just quit on them. He literally wouldn't play snaps. Like he'd be like, take me out <laughs> because he sucked. Where Calvin Johnson would have made the best of that situation.
1: Yet another one... Raiders misfire.
2: <laughs> one extremely underrated thing about Calvin Johnson that I'm not sure you guys know. He's quite um... possibly the best run blocking receiver in NFL history. I mean, you know okay. he's super Yeah, strong. that's true. That's a super underrated thing that goes unnoticed. And, I mean, that's not mm-hmm. the sole reason he's better, but that contributes mm-hmm. to it. Uh, mm-hmm. He has the record for single-season receiving yards, uh, mm-hmm. like Dylan said. He has 86.1 yards per game compared to mm-hmm. Randy's 70.1. Mm-hmm. And he had more yards per reception. Moss mm-hmm. is going to win in those other stats because, obviously, he played longer, which, again, I'm saying is a valid point. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, Calvin Johnson's ultimately better. Okay, than I have a uh,
0: counter for this 8-year-old thing. You want to talk about Randy Moss <laughs> being the 8-year-old hype beast? You have eight-year-olds who think Calvin Johnson played free safety because <laughs> that's his only card he gets in Madden. So, I don't
1: know, man. But uh, number
0: one – or, Drew, you still have your number two, right? I I still got to do it. Sorry, I took pretty long. Yeah. But, uh,
1: my number two, I had to put a Seahawk on here, and I put my guy Steve, Steve Largen. Wow. I gosh. love Steve Largen so much. I actually – this is one of the earliest football players I have heard of because – I ended up watching an ESPN, not 30 for 30, but it was like a NFL, like top 100. They had a whole like biographical section on this guy. And I thought that he was a former Seahawk. I watched this thing and he just he was just a great player. I mean, he held all of the NFL like receiving records at the time of his retirement, which is really impressive. He set the bar for everyone else to break it he had uh most receptions in his career with 800 819 most receiving yards in a career with 13089 and most touchdown receptions of all time with 100 and he added uh he had a uh 177 consecutive regular season reception record which was uh then unbroken for i think about like 15 years but i think this guy is definitely one of the best uh wide receivers of all time he has a great route running ability and playing with really subpar quarterbacks on the seahawks which was an expansion team at the time i think that his effort definitely needs to be commended i don't know if he'd hold up as well in the nfl because he's only like 5'11", but i think Mm -hmm. this guy's speed is really good his hands are really good and that's what makes him such a great wide receiver uh,
2: is it my turn or what?
1: Yeah, number one. Yeah. Okay, so number one, I mean, this has to be, you yeah, it's Jerry the, yeah. Rice.
2: Yeah. Uh, all the 49ers I mean, best fans. All around receiver in history. He scored the most touchdowns in NFL history, uh, holds every significant record, including receptions, yards receiving, all purpose mm-hmm. yards, touchdown, oh, excuse me, I already said touchdown receptions, and consecutive games with at least one catch. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is just the best all around receiver, and there's really no debate. If anyone yeah. tells me Moss is better than him, I don't know yeah, what you're talking come about.
1: come on, man.
0: Yeah, basically any, everything, Chad, Best all around wide receiver, two Offensive Player of the Year awards, 13-time mm-hmm. pro bowler, 10-time first-team all-pro. This guy's the textbook model wide receiver. who can really just yeah. do everything.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, this guy is the reason that we basically have the list in the first place. The number one for me was super easy when creating this list. It was the other spots that I was worried about. But <laughs> Randy, uh, Randy Moss, sorry. Jerry Rice, <laughs> easily the best pl- uh, wide receiver of all time. He, his career was very long so I think he could hold all of those records he could just mm-hmm. get as many stats as he could before he retired and he's just a really great player and uh, there's nothing more that I can really say about him all
0: right next up we're going to transition into some NBA scouting um, this mm-hmm. is something that I take very big pride in you know predicting players oh, Lordy. is something that I do often so anyway we're gonna do the top three big boys in Uh, the upcoming NBA draft. That's going to be James Wiseman, LaMelo Ball, and Anthony Edwards. Um, We're going to start with James Wiseman's NBA comp. Jad, what do you have?
2: Okay, so uh, I'm not sure. You you guys probably didn't think of this guy, but Wiseman actually reminds me of a taller version of Chris Bosh. Great frame, long arms. His post-up and mid-range game are on point. He's a smooth shooter could potentially yeah. extend his range to three-point land. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably the number one overall pick, and uh, I really mm-hmm. like this guy. And
0: Yeah, that was the one thing holding me back from going with mm-hmm. Chris Bosch is he doesn't have the three-point shot yet. Um, yeah. yeah. we can but see uh, it is something it. many people develop yet in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, but my comparison is going to be a Anthony Davis play style with a Hassan Whiteside type of athleticism. Oh, yeah, uh, that's funny, yeah. <laughs> He's gonna be able to post up anywhere from a one-on-one spot. Um, yeah. he's great in the pick and roll, and this guy's like explosiveness with his like shoulder frame. I don't know, ex- I don't know how to describe it, but if you just watch mm-hmm. him running, running around on the court, it looks like Hassan Whiteside. So I yeah. don't really know, but uh, this guy just has a very bright
1: future. So yeah, it's it's <laughs> funny that you say that Dylan, because I also have to be a comparison <laughs> to Hassan Whiteside. Uh, I have him as a kind of a hybrid between Hassan Whiteside and DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan with the pure physicality uh, and the post play. Uh And then Hassan Whiteside with the kind of blocking shots, blocking shots ability, if you want to call it that. And kind of overall... The way that he plays kind of reminds me of Hassan Whiteside. Like Dylan said, he kind of runs like him, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was my NBA comparison for him because yeah, he's I overall like to an athletic throw, specimen.
0: I the Anthony Davis part because <laughs> I feel this guy's uh, post game is something that is often very underlooked in uh, mm-hmm. college bigs because in college, mm-hmm. yeah. they're looking for their post. You know, they're going to the best player. But you see these mm-hmm. those bigs uh, come into the NBA, you know, bigs like Jaron Jackson, um, yeah. the only Wendell Carter Jr. The only big that really stayed in his post-centric offense was Joel Embiid after like three years of injury. But now mm-hmm. we're gonna move into the hype beast comparison, Lamelo Ball. <laughs> um, for me, there's no true comparison for this guy. There's uh, <laughs> they're gonna be one of the most unique players. Uh, this guy's okay body frame. It's like incredible. He's like a six eight point guard. Um yeah. he has the passing like uh, he basically body type is gonna be Lonzo Ball comparison. I mean yeah. I'm sorry but whoa, whoa, he has whoa. he doesn't okay, have the okay. defensive capability of Lonzo Ball, but mm-hmm. long arms, great passing, he has the passing vision. Um but offensively he's like a CJ McCollum in my opinion with his mm-hmm. type of body movement. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna blow by mm-hmm. you off the dribble. He's gonna use mm-hmm. his length and his misdirection. Uh, CJ mm-hmm. McCollum's not the tallest guy, but the type of fluid like craftiness they use to get open instead of mm-hmm. using pure speed mm-hmm. or strength is what's going to give me that mm-hmm. LaMelo Ball to CJ McCollum type of comparison.
1: Okay. For my NBA comparison, for the passing ability, the overall offensive capabilities that LaMelo Ball possesses, I gave him a Luka Doncic kind of comparison. Wow. Especially considering... Okay, that's both pretty of, good, yeah. Uh, especially because both of them played overseas, and now they're coming to the NBA <laughs> with that kind of experience. We've seen LaMelo Ball's passing ability that's really been developed. He used to be just a pure scorer, kind of like Lonzo was. But you can see it has both the Ball brothers kind of developed other parts of their game. Lonzo with his defense and LaMelo now with his, uh, with his assists and his passing. So I, I liken that to uh, Luka Doncic. But as for his shooting goes, I, I think I kind of am a James Harden kind of thing. Because although he doesn't take a lot of shots like James Harden does, when he does shoot it, it's usually pretty consistent. He does have some really great blow-by moves, and he can dunk with ease. Uh, so I kind of gave those two players when I uh, wanted to compare them to LaMelo Ball. Yeah. Uh,
2: so for me, LaMelo Ball uh, is actually, in my opinion, a flashier version of his brother Lonzo.
1: Great mm-hmm.
2: ball. goes has some filthy passes. An all-around great player. However, isn't as good as the defender as
0: Lonzo.
1: Um, he <laughs> yeah. so has a feel... better three-point shot easily. Yeah.
2: So. I honestly feel you guys are sleeping
0: on Lonzo's three-point shot. This guy's been shooting thirty-eight <laughs> percent from three on the season. This is something <laughs> me and Lonzo have had to overcome consistently you- Lonzo. Oh, since his okay. UCLA You're days. Lonzo. I can't, b- I can't believe people are still banging him this. It's absolutely Wait, ridiculous. So
2: I honestly feel he could be what Lonzo was supposed to be. I'm not going oh to call Lonzo God. a bust. Yeah, he, he hasn't he been. Has. What Lonzo's
0: beat. supposed to be? He's been. Lonzo was not supposed to be a defensive player, dude. No? He's been averaging twenty-two Lonzo eight in Lonzo was supposed to be better than this. Games. You have to admit it. Twenty-two he was eight, to be eight. Than this. Twenty-two eight and eight. And Lamelo no, will be he, what Lonzo, Lonzo was, supposed, was to be. supposed
1: to be a better uh, a better scorer than he is now. Oh, twenty-two points uh, is, is a pretty good okay. scoring for me. Okay, that's that's great. That's great. He's he's a great passer. He's a great defender. He's the rebounder
0: for his size. Nobody, if you're a Lonzo Ball fan who watched him at UCLA, <laughs> he averaged 15 no, Dylan, points. Yeah, at UCLA. yeah, he's good at UCLA. He, he averaged yeah. 15 points at UCLA. Yeah, he was.
1: He's, he, was, Dylan, never he, was point he was never at a Chino scoring Hills, point guy. He was never. a At Chino Hills. Did you see him at Chino Hills? He scored like he was every, main, the main every scoring option. every top five
0: pick scores 50 <laughs> points a game in high school. Every top five uh, picture. This is absolute blasphemy. We're doing an entire segment on this. Not even
1: podcast. calling it <laughs> not, not <even laughs> bad. Just saying. I'm just saying. You that guys are else... saying
0: he's what Lonzo is supposed to no, be. No, that's Lonzo what is doing bad. Guys. I'm
2: saying that. But I'm saying Lonzo has not lived up to his full potential that he was
1: supposed to be you guys when the Lakers are watching
0: him. the Pelicans games. He's averaging 22 <laughs> eight and 8 the fast
1: 35. doing, doing. Oh I'm not saying that Lonzo's a terrible shooter. I'd say when he came into the league, yeah, he was a bad shooter. You have to admit it. His form was bad. But as oh, he's yeah. improved on his form, he's become a better shooter than he was. But I'm saying that LaMelo is a better shooter than Lonzo is. And I think that's a okay, thing Okay, you can say.
0: say that, yeah. But you acting like Lonzo's is a bad shooter <laughs> when he's shooting 38% from three. That's a better three-point percentage. percentage than 38% is crazy. That's a better three-point percentage that's than CJ McCollum. That's better than three-point percentage <laughs> than JJ Redick. That's a better three-point percentage than JJ Danny Redick's Green. Like this Danny year, I'm I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you guys had to listen to that. Um I really apologize. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. All right, this we're moving guy, on to Anthony, Anthony Edwards. Edwards here. Uh for me, I really like this guy. I think he's the best pure scorer in the draft. Uh yeah, so I mean... for me, uh everyone's saying Victor Oladipo, Victor Oladipo. No, no, no. Mm. He's a bigger no, no, Donovan no. Mitchell. Bigger Donovan Ooh, Mitchell. That's this a This guy impression. can score any way in the book. Um he yeah. can take you off the bounce and elevate just like Donovan Mitchell. Um, yeah. He's getting very low media attention for being a likely top five pick. And mm-hmm. I'm predicting uh, – I'm actually betting on the bank that this guy's oh, going to be another guy that I predict that just turns the out to surprise everybody now. else. <laughs> Me and Anthony Edwards. Um, every year, year in, year out, I predict these guys. Everyone's I like, don't what think are you so. doing, Dil? Alonso sucks, 22 A&A. It's going to be another type of situation <laughs> with Anthony Edwards.
1: Oh, Lord. Um, um, Jad, do you, you want, want to go ahead with this one? This one?
2: Uh, okay i'll I'll start i'll start uh i also really like anthony edwards uh i think he's a stronger more athletic james harden i'm not saying he's gonna be better Mm. but if it's anything close to harden that'll be great he's a lethal Mm -hmm. shooter he'll drive on you he'll dunk on your Mm -hmm. face no matter how much traffic there is a great scorer he's a threat every time he touches the ball he also Mm -hmm. has the potential to become a really good defender uh i mean Mm -hmm. i really like this guy um like you do, Dylan, uh, I'm not predicting him to be great, but I think he definitely has the potential.
0: Yeah, and another thing, too, this guy's playing oh no. at Georgia, and he's <laughs> yeah. dogging, he's absolutely dogging yeah. North Carolina, Duke, <laughs> all of these top programs, and he's just at yeah. Georgia with zero top 50 uh, players yeah. in his draft class, and he's putting up 25 against
1: Duke and North Carolina with ease. Okay, so for my comparison, I kind of have, for the finishing ability, I kind of have the finishing ability of Dwayne Wade for Anthony Edwards because he's just such a like slasher. Like he's very fast. He's very athletic. And that's what <laughs> Dwayne Wade's known for, his speed and uh, everything like that. And then all just for his overall like frame and kind of the way he moves and stuff, I don't know why, but he reminds me a lot of Andrew Wiggins. I'm not saying that okay, they play okay. very similarly, <laughs> but just the mannerisms that they both have. They look very similar. I, I I don't know if if that comes off as a bad comparison, but that that's what I personally feel when I see both of them play. Not saying this guy's gonna be a bust like Andrew Wiggins, but hopefully he's a great draft prospect.
0: Yeah, so that's gonna wrap up our NBA comps. Again, super sorry you guys had to hear that about Lonzo Ball. Uh, we're gonna be moving into our reactions to the Madden twenty-one and two K twenty one trailer. So uh, Madden twenty one uh, Drew's gonna go last on this. Um, yeah, Jad, how about you start
2: up? <laughs> uh, okay. So I mean, why am I not surprised that Madden's trailer showed yeah. the exact same gameplay that Madden Twenty had? It's not yeah. even shocking at this point. They know people are just gonna buy their game because they're the only NFL game out there. They don't care if they improve the game. That's the problem. Making the same mm-hmm. game makes them the same money. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I mean, they they are they know that it doesn't matter what they do. As long as they make money and they don't even listen to the community, I'm disappointed. Yeah.
0: yeah, so for me, I'm very confused on what they're offering here. So it seems like they're promoting this new running analog stick. Does that mean every <laughs> single running back in the game, like is a seventy-five uh, uh.
1: <laughs> Deion Lewis gonna be able to
0: is a seventy five Deon Lewis gonna be able to get human joystick? You know, is yeah. spamming this new pass rush analog stick gonna be the OP oh my. thing? Yeah, oh um, my
1: god. I think it's oh, gonna be to hard back.
0: to learn if it's gonna be if it's good, it's gonna be hard to learn. You know, you see like lots of the YouTubers this year are swerving in this Madden is very easy to do, as long as yeah. you have the right abilities. <laughs> but the stick like the stick stop and go stuff that these YouTubers do, it's actually pretty hard to learn. So hopefully <laughs> this new running stick is gonna yeah. be like that. But yeah. my main issue here is that they seem to be rewarding runners when you need to be rewarding passers like me and Vibu.
1: <laughs> okay, so you guys just talked about the the Madden trailers there, right? Not uh, the 2K trailers? So do you yeah, guys want to yeah. talk about the 2K trailers as well, or do you want me to okay, just do Madden? Uh,
0: yeah, let's just hop into the 2K one. So I'll just well, get started here. Um, every year, year in, year out, sweaty <laughs> tape versus dry picture. Uh, not to mention this time they exacerbate that by throwing in the lighting with this dark light contrast <laughs> oh and my God. What, really, what really concerns me here is from this trailer I'm not seeing any new gameplay features <laughs> or modes or anything. The trailer is just promoting their graphics which is obviously easily debunkable with the sweaty pig, dry pig, dark light contrast yeah. and then they're promoting their updated rosters with the trailer being with uh, Zion Williamson so
2: very okay. concerned
0: about the 2K21 trailer if it's me.
2: Yeah, so I was like a little confused when I was watching this. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just Zion sweaty. I mean, it's just <laughs> become a meme at this point. They're trying to make it realistic by adding more sweat. The whole mm-hmm. process is a meme, Ronnie 2K included. I yep. mean, it's amazing how far these sports games have fallen off. And <laughs> yeah. I, I I just, I'm confused.
1: Oh, man. Okay, it's time <laughs> for me to go. Um, We'll start off with Madden. Uh, This is the one that I hated more <laughs> out of the two. When I saw this, I had a very visceral reaction. I felt like throwing up on my phone. <laughs> there is no difference between Madden 20 and Madden 21. There is zero difference. I It is the exact same game with a different cover, and it's just 60 more bucks you pay to EA. It, it, it <laughs> just makes me angry to see this kind of this retarded marketing targeted towards Ooh. these nine-year-olds who are just going to be sitting in front of their their games all day and doing this playing, stupid swerve running, technique.
0: Running read options with Lamar Jackson and, and eating
1: The cruisers. ridiculous thing is, it's like they're... I think they do listen to the community, but they they listen to the community and they just want to anger it more. It's like kind of poking a <laughs> hornet's nest. It's like the community, everyone's everyone's complaining about run game. Oh, let's boost the run game. Oh, everyone hates, uh, hates uh, pass rushing because all the blockers just stay still. <laughs> Oh, let's improve pass rushing so no one can get pass off. Yeah, another
0: thing, too, I just want to throw in really quickly. You want to talk about poking the hornet's nest. For the past (laughs) month and a half, two months, they released Ultimate Legend cards every single Saturday. Past month and a half, two months, Twitter has been spamming Sean Taylor. We want Sean Taylor. We did two months, and just this Saturday today, do they drop Sean Taylor when the game's basically already dead. So, great work (laughs) by EA.
1: It just baffles me what the developers (laughs) at EA are doing. I mean... (laughs) Servers, yeah, you guys are gonna doing a good job. Good job on the servers. Whoa, whoa, let's let's uh let's give you guys a gold star for that. But are you kidding me? This is the kind of crap gameplay you're gonna put out. What are you even doing? There, is, there is nothing you have improved about Madden Madden Twenty. It's just ridiculous. Why would I pay sixty dollars for this garbage game when I could have bought the previous version for like forty bucks cheaper? It's ridiculous. Okay, and now moving on to Two K. This one I was not as angry at. But, but th- this is obviously fake gameplay. The game is not going to look anything like the Zion okay <laughs> yeah. dunking thing. Uh It's like Dylan said. The contrast uh, that they tried to pull there with the dark lighting is very obvious. Uh, it's just a marketing game. <laughs> what I noticed was that when D- Zion was dunking, they were having him do very, do very realistic dunking animations that like you would actually see. So w- what that makes me think is that they actually just got Zion to do these kind of dunks. And then they yeah. kind of digitalized his face so that it was very realistic, but they still made it have the impression of a game. Because when he dunks the ball, like, he actually dunks like a normal player would dunk, like he touches the rim. But if you dunk in 2K, you can see people's hands go through the rim all the time. Yeah. Your, your head goes through the net. There's no, like, actual mm. physics there. So it's pretty obvious that this is just um, kind of CGI'd rather than actual gameplay footage. I think that what they should have done for 2K is just taken a year off because of this whole COVID thing. And they should have just improved the servers. Like, I get Ronnie wants to get his paycheck, but no one cares about him. He should just get fired. He's an absolute clown. Uh, But, yeah, those are kind of my thoughts on the two trailers. Very disappointed by both. Just hoping that UFC 4 isn't a letdown because I'm definitely buying that game. All
0: right, now for our final segment, my favorite segment, love, hate. My (laughs) love – still spreading the love today my love has been my cereal game so oh cereal my god has been something
1: <laughs> that that is the Most disgusting cereal
0: during uh, this quarantine i've been working on these <clears> great <throat> combinations i've been pushing i'm the
2: teenager behind them and the yeah. first teenager is trying to buy a beer and the worker there like really doesn't care and mm-hmm. so like they're like where's your id and then she says i don't have it on me but i've shown it to you like four times and then they, they literally don't care. They just sell her the beer. And yeah. then the second person in line comes up and then literally they're like, where's your ID? And he's like, I lost my ID like a dumbass. And then they're like, yeah. oh, my God. And then he just lets them go. And I just thought it was kind of funny how I don't know if they just don't get paid enough to care or they're, yeah. they're actually like not aware
1: of what's happening. But uh, I, I just I just found it funny. Um, so for my love it, hate it today, I actually have a love it and a hate it. Okay. For my love it segment, I, like it. I, wanted, to, I wanted to start out with something positive because I got so worked up from the last segment. <clears throat> but for my love it, I love, uh, I recently discovered this. I know, I've known of it for a while because it's been on air for a while, but that is the Eric Andre <clears throat> show. I recently started <clears throat> watching it. it. It It's so tailored towards my humor. I usually love like biting witty, like, <clears throat> Humor that, like, Conan O'Brien, Seth Meyers, uh, Stephen Colbert, Mm -hmm. kind of, Bill Burr, they all provide, and I really like him for it. But this is just a completely random humor. It's just, like, Eric Andre and Hannibal Buress, both hilarious comedians, just doing things and upsetting the public. Like, there was one where Eric Andre just, like, there are people in a coffee shop, and he just rode his bike full speed into the wall of the coffee shop, and he just burst through. And just to get some people's reactions, and then another one, he was, like, on the street selling smoothies, and he just blended his hand instead of the smoothie. It's just completely stupid things that just make me crack up laughing, and I just really like the show. Now, Mm -hmm. moving
0: on to the hate it. I hate now
1: (laughs) that people are starting to kind of go outside as stuff starts opening up. I really Mm -hmm. want to go outside, too. But the thing is, It's more dangerous to go out now than it was before. So I don't understand what people are thinking. More people are getting infected. Like the numbers are going up even more. Now it went from like hundreds of thousands to like millions. So, So I don't think it's a smart idea to go outside. I mean, yeah, I've been going outside with maybe like one or two friends at a time. That's max, like maybe like a week. But, like, people are going outside, like, for the entire quarantine. They just don't care. I'm not going to name any names because I don't want That's not what we do on like the show. that. Yep. That's not what we do on the show. But there have just been so many people. I've seen, like, one guy in particular, not going to name the name, but he's been, like, having people over, like, literally every single day of quarantine, like, big, massive groups. He just doesn't care. And it's just it's just ridiculous to kind of see stuff like that, and people are dying all over the world. And what's going to eventually happen is we're going to ha- end up being locked down for a lot longer because people like this <coughs> are just too stupid to stay inside. Yeah, so
0: that's pretty much going to wrap up our show. Um, like I said, again, we'll get this up very quickly. Uh, top 25 NFL players of all time. Remember, give us feedback if you want Dylan's cereals, and uh, we'll be back
1: next week huh. with another episode. All right. Uh, oh, wait, See wait, wait, was... wait. Before we, before oh. we disband <laughs> here, uh, I'd like to like want to plug my YouTube channel. The, uh, it's Drew's <laughs> Reviews. Uh, uh-huh. if you know how to spell my name, it's D H R U V S and then space and then I'm pretty sure you know how to spell reviews. I review movies and other stuff like that. Working on getting a music review out this weekend. I'm not sure how YouTube <laughs> copyright's gonna kinda deal with it, but I got three videos out right now. They're doing they're doing pretty decently. I didn't expect them to do as well as they're doing. <laughs> not exactly doing super good, but I mean it's good enough for my standards. But thank you guys. If you guys right. listen to the podcast and watch the YouTube <laughs> channel, thank you. All right, we'll see right. you guys.
0: See you guys later. Bye
1: bye.